We are now in the midst of Makki surahs. One that we just finished was Surah Yunus. And today inshallah we'll begin Surah Hud. And there will be Makki surahs all the way to Surah Noor. And it's so important to understand the Makki background in order to understand the surahs properly. Lesson number 117, Surah Hud, ayah number 1 to 24. Surah Hud is a Makki surah and it has 123 verses. This surah was revealed after Surah Yunus, which means that it is obviously a Makki surah. But remember that this surah was revealed towards the later part of the Makki era. Which means that it was a time when the opposition had increased and... Despite the many attempts of the Prophet ﷺ to convey the message to the people, to invite them to Islam, he wasn't really receiving any positive feedback from them, no positive reaction from them. There were people who would believe every now and then, but on average, what was the reaction of the people? Pride and rejection. And this turned into severe form of opposition. Think about it. The first time the Prophet ﷺ openly invited everybody to Islam, what was the reaction of Abu Lahab? He cursed the Prophet ﷺ. He threw a handful of mud towards him to humiliate him. This was the reaction to what? The first open call. Now imagine how the reaction must have become more severe over time. But remember that in this surah, Like every other Makki surah, the Prophet ﷺ was comforted that despite the rejection and opposition of people, don't worry, keep doing your work, remain firm, and leave the matter to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Your job is to convey and Allah will bring them to justice. But at the same time, when the message was reinforced in the surah that you have to convey, you must convey regardless of the reaction of the people, Imagine how stressful that must have been for the Prophet ﷺ. Just imagine the stress. That you're trying to tell somebody something, they're not listening. You're getting no positive feedback. But at the same time, you have no choice. Your boss is Allah. You can't say, I quit. I can't do this. You can't quit. You can't just walk away. You have to do it. And verse after verse was being revealed. You must convey. And the people must believe. For if they do not, there is a hellfire waiting for them. And a punishment that could be sent to them now. Look at what happened to the people of Nur. Look at what happened to the people of Hud. Look at the past nations when they rejected their messengers, what happened. So while the message was being reinforced from the Prophet ﷺ, you must convey, you must convey. At the same time, he wasn't getting any positive feedback from the people. So I want you to imagine the stress that he was going through. And from some narrations we learn that the Prophet ﷺ significantly aged at this time. And from some reports we learned that he said, شَيَّبَتْنِي هُود Surah Hud has made me old. Meaning that stress has really gotten to me. Have you ever been in a place, let's say in a workplace, where you have to report to someone, your manager or whoever, who's a very rude person, and they're just very illogical. And every day you go to that workplace, you're like, why am I here? I should just quit. And you wish you could quit. You wish you could just tell them on their face, I quit. 
But you know that if you quit, you're going to face immediate consequences. Where are you going to pay your rent from? How are you going to pay for your car? How are you going to pay for your gas? How are you going to live? How are you going to survive? So what happens? You keep tolerating everything negative in that workplace and everything negative that you face from that manager or that boss, but it takes a toll on your health. It makes people very stressed out in general. Now this is just one small thing. Imagine the difficulty that the Prophet ﷺ was going through. He had to convey, but at the same time, people weren't believing. So the Prophet ﷺ, he was stressed out, and because of this reason, in this surah we will see that he was comforted a lot as well. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alif, Lam, Ra. Kitabun uhkimat ayatuhu. ثُمَّ فُصِّلَتْ مِنْ لَدُنْ حَكِيمٍ خَبِيرٍ أَلِفْ لَامْ رَا حُرُوفْ مُقَطَّعَاتِ That we have learned about in detail many times before. كِتَابٌ A book, meaning this Qur'an is a book. What kind of a book is it? أُحْكِمَتْ آيَاتُهُ Its ayat have been أُحْكِمَتْ أُحْكِمَتْ meaning perfected, that have been made firm. Ihkam is to make something firm in such a way that there remains no deficiency, no gap, there is nothing lacking, there is nothing missing. It's perfect in every way. It's consolidated firmly. There's no weakness. There's no gaps. Nothing at all like that. It's perfect in every way. So uhkimat ayatuhu, meaning the verses are consolidated, they are perfected. How? That in the text, meaning in their wordings, in the wordings, how are they? Perfectly arranged. In sentences, they are structured perfectly and beautifully. Their eloquence is profound. Uhkimat ayatuhu. And they're not just perfect with regards to language in respect to the use of words, in respect to the sentence structures. No, not just that. But they're also very meaningful. How? Thumma fussilat. Moreover, they're also fussilat. Fussilat meaning they have been elaborated, explained in detail. They're not just perfect and beautiful in language. They're also very, very meaningful. Because fusilat is from tafsil, fasad lam. And tafsil is to explain something in detail. Now, both of these features exist at the same time in this book. Which features? That first of all, perfect in wording. And secondly, eloquent and meaningful in the language also. Detailed. The verses are detailed. The text is firm and the verses are also detailed. Meaning in very few words, abundant meaning is conveyed. In just one word, there's an ocean of meaning. It's brief, yet it's very, very detailed. I mean, think about it. How short are some of the verses? And you'll be amazed, inshallah, when we read more of the Makki surahs towards the end of the Qur'an, that how some verses are literally two, three words. But when we'll go into the meaning, it'll take a long time. It'll take a long time. Why? Because the word in itself, the sentence structure, and then its location in the sentence, in the ayah, then its meaning, then the meaning that the context gives it, it's beautiful. So it's brief, and yet it is perfectly detailed. Now what happens is, that when a text is brief, 
what happens? There are a lot of gaps over there. There is a lot of things that are missing. You have many questions. Okay, what does this refer to? What does that mean? What is that referring to? You're kind of lost. You need somebody to elaborate it for you. But the Qur'an, when somebody understands it in its language, then what happens? The verses are short, yet they are so detailed. They're comprehensive. They're meaningful. They're eloquent. They're powerful. And those of you who have taken any writing course, you must have learned that there are four virtues of writing. What are they? First of all, economy. That the text, the writing better be short. The sentences better be short. And then, directness. That they should be direct, clear, to the point. And then what? Detail. Don't just make it short and direct and boring. No, add some detail. Describe something. There should be some detail. And at the same time, fourthly, voice. Meaning it should be such that it's powerful. It moves you. It moves the reader. It moves the listener. And this is exactly how the Qur'an is. It is direct. It is brief. I mean, think about it. How many chapters are there in the Qur'an? How many surahs are there? 114. How many pages are there in the Mus'haf? You don't know? Open the Mus'haf right now. Quickly. And check the last page. How many pages are there in the Mus'haf? Around 600 something, right? A little over 600. Between 6 and 700. This is the text. This is the Qur'an. Just a little over 600 pages. The other day, I found out about someone's PhD dissertation, their thesis, and it was over 300 pages. I was so interested and I wanted to read it, but when I saw the length of it, I'm like, over 300 pages, come on. I don't feel like it. I'd rather read a book. This is just someone's perspective on something that I don't 100% agree with. Why should I waste my time? I'd rather read a book that's more well-researched and proper. Have you ever attempted to read the Bible? Anybody here? Okay. What happened when you try it? First, it didn't make much sense to you. Okay, but you know what? The first thing that scares me, it's length. It's too lengthy. I mean, you open it up and there's like lines and lines and lines and passages and passages and passages. The length in itself is something that scares people. Anything. Even if it's your science book, your sociology book, if you see that it's this thick, and the font size is like 8, you're like, oh my God, I have to do all this reading? It puts you off immediately. You don't want to read all that. Any email you get, what's the first thing you do? Scroll down. How long is it? Any article, any paper you're reading on the web or in a print form, what do you do? The first thing you do is how long is it? Now the Qur'an only 600 plus pages. This is the book that Allah has revealed. But yet, uhkimat ayatuhu. Verses are perfect. And fusilat. They are detailed. There's oceans and oceans of meaning. And it's as limited as your thinking, as your reflection. The more you reflect, the more meaning you'll obtain. If you think about it, typically a book, it revolves around one particular subject. Or for example, if somebody has written their PhD dissertation or something, their thesis, it revolves around one focus, one point of a particular science, of a particular field of study. And that is what those 300 plus pages are dedicated to. The Qur'an, only a little over 600 pages, and it mentions the biographies of so many amazing people. An entire surah is dedicated to Yusuf salam, Nuh salam. his story is mentioned. You don't just find biographies in the Qur'an, you also find history, you also find science, you also find 
human psychology. I mean, today inshallah we're going to read ayat, only three ayat, they explain so much about human psychology, typical human behavior, you'll be amazed. Imagine, typically these fields, these particular subjects, books and books, volumes and volumes are dedicated to them. But all of this is contained so eloquently, so comprehensively in the book of Allah. أُحْكِمَتْ آيَاتُهُ ثُمَّ فُصِّلَتْ Why? Because it's not the work of a human being. It's not the word of man. It's not the writing of a man. It is the word of who? Milladun. It is from who? Hakim. The one who is Hakim. The one who is wise. His wisdom is evident. And you know what? The more wisdom someone has, the more brief they are in their words. The more eloquent and powerful they are in their speech. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is more wiser than Him? No one. He is Hakim. And He is Khabir, fully aware of the reality of things. There is no one who is as aware as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because He is Alim of everything. He is Khabir, fully aware. And this is why what you find in the book of Allah is 100% accurate. Yet there's so much detail and there's so much brevity also. Direct, detailed. أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا اللَّهِ That you do not worship except Allah. The main message of this book. What is this book telling us? Why did the messenger come? What was his main message? That all people do not worship anyone but Allah. To convey the message of Tawheed. The oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam came. This is why he came. This is why the Qur'an was sent. To remind people of the purpose of their existence. Because there were many, you can say, reformers who existed at the time of the Prophet ﷺ. There were people who used to bury their daughters alive, who used to kill their children. There were actually many tribes, many people who were not Muslim, who were mushrikeen, but who spoke up against it. There was a man, what he would do is, if he would find out that this person, his wife, she's going to have a baby, or this tribe, they're going to have a baby very soon, and they're thinking that if it's going to be a girl, they're going to bury her alive, he would go and talk to them from before. If you have a girl, give her to me. Don't kill her, give her to me. There were people who existed like that at the time of the Prophet ﷺ. The mushrikeen of Makkah, we learned in Surah Tawbah, how hospitable they were. When the people would come into Makkah for pilgrimage, didn't they take care of them? Didn't they give them water to drink? Didn't they serve them food? Didn't they treat them well? Didn't they honor the guests? They did. They had many virtues. There were many reformists in that society. But what was missing? Tawheed. And the fact is that people could be doing many good things. But if they lack tawheed, if they do not worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if they do shirk, then all their good deeds are useless. They're meaningless. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us for what? For His worship. And if we're doing a hundred good things, but we're not giving Him His haqq, then our lives are useless. So the Qur'an has come, the messenger came, for what purpose? To remind people, أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا اللَّهِ You do not worship anyone but Allah. Why? He created you. He created everything. He sent you here. You're going back to Him. Allah doesn't need you. He made you for a purpose. 
And what is that? You worship Him. What does it mean to worship Allah? That first and foremost, you acknowledge Him as the Lord. You accept Him as the Creator. You accept that He alone deserves worship. You worship Him with your tongue, through words, through adhkar, through remembrance, in your heart, by sincerely doing whatever good you do for His sake, for His pleasure, loving Him, fearing Him, ikhlas, remembering Him in the heart, worship through actions, worship with your money, meaning spending in the way of Allah, whatever it may be. Allah ta'budu illallah. Trust on Him, hope from Him, think of Him, fear Him, try to please Him. Allah ta'budu illallah. Innani, indeed I, lakum for you, minhu from him, meaning the messenger is told to proclaim over here, that I am only from him, nadirun wa bashir, a bringer of warning and a giver of good news. Meaning I am just a conveyor, I'm just here to deliver God's message to you. Give you warning, warning of what? Hellfire. That if you turn away from the one who created you, think about the injustice that you're doing. Think about the consequences that you might face in the hereafter. Nadir, Bashir, good news. Good news for who? For those who worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For those who are generous and kind towards others. Your generosity is not going to go waste. Your kindness is not going to go waste. Bashir. Allah is there to reward you. He will reward you. So what do we learn from this ayah? The book has come to remind people of the purpose of their existence. And the messenger has come to convey this message. What else is the messenger conveying? وَأَن and that. اِسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ You seek forgiveness from your Lord. Because like we discussed earlier, people, they do many good things. They do many good things. They're charitable, they're forgiving, they're concerned for the well-being of others. They can do many good things. But while people do many good things, because they're human beings, they also err. They also make mistakes. So what's the solution to that? Seek forgiveness from your Lord. For what? For whatever bad that has happened. For whatever mistakes that have been made. Like for example, two people, human beings, they're friends, they're siblings. Parents, children, husband, wife. They love one another. They're good towards each other. But what happens every now and then? You snap at someone, you hurt their feelings, uh, you show disrespect. So then what's the solution? Stay like that? No. If you stay like that, the distance will increase. It's going to rip both of you apart. It's going to hurt you, it's going to hurt them. So every time something wrong has happened, what should be done? Apologize. So likewise, every time a sin is committed, don't remain in that sin. Istaghfiru rabbakum. And don't just stay there. Don't just hang there. Thumma then, tubu ilayhi. Go back to him. Turn back to him. Repent to him. Seek forgiveness and also repent. Turn back to him. What will happen? Yumatirkum. He will let you enjoy. He will give you to enjoy. Meaning He will let you live in the earth. Mata'an, a benefit, enjoyment. Hasanan, good. Ila until ajalim musamma, a fixed time. A fixed time meaning the time of your death. Meaning until you are alive here in the earth and you keep seeking forgiveness from Him for the mistakes that you do, what will happen? He will let you live a good life. 
So what lesson do we learn? As long as a person continues to seek forgiveness, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will keep blessing him with goodness in this life. We're not perfect in any way. We will make mistakes. But as long as a person keeps turning back to Allah, Allah will let him live a good life. يُمَتِّعْكُمْ مَتَاعًا حَسَنًا Nuh salam, the first messenger, he also conveyed the same message to his people. That, O oh people, turn back to Allah, seek forgiveness, repent to Him, and when you will do that, He will shower you with endless blessings. He will let you enjoy a good life. There is a very interesting story of Hassan al-Basri. It is said that once a man came to him asking him, I don't have any children, what should I do? He said, seek forgiveness. Another person came and he said, I'm having financial trouble. He said, seek forgiveness. Another man came, I'm stressed out because of this issue. He said, seek forgiveness. Everyone who came to him bringing their problems, what was the answer that he gave? Istaghfirillah, istaghfirillah. So there was a person sitting there, he's like, what's going on? I mean, every person who comes, just tell them to seek forgiveness. How could that be the solution to every problem? He said, of course, in the Qur'an Allah says. In the Qur'an Allah says. Over here also we learn, seek forgiveness from your Lord, what will happen? يُمَتِّعْكُمْ مَتَاعًا hasana. Allah will let you live a good life. So whenever we're in any sort of distress, whether it is physical illness, or it is some stress in our life, fatigue, exhaustion, too much work, you're panicking because of the amount of work that you have, you're getting stressed out because of you know, a particular problem in your life, Whatever it may be, what's the easiest way out? What's the best way out? Do istighfar. Beg Allah for forgiveness. Because you see, we're human beings. We're imperfect. We make mistakes. And many times we don't even realize. Has it ever happened that you see someone in a very sour mood and you're like, what happened? What's wrong? And they tell you, you don't know? You snapped at me this morning and that ruined my whole day. And you're like, really? I had no idea I hurt you like that. I'm sorry. You snapped at somebody in the morning and you went, you had a wonderful day and you come back and you're like, what's wrong with you? Why are you so miserable? Why? You said something to me that ruined my whole day. We don't even realize we hurt people. People who are in front of us, whose reactions we can see. Think about the many times that we upset Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Deliberately and accidentally. And you know what? These sins, they have consequences in our lives. When difficulties are created in our lives. So what's the solution? Seek forgiveness. Istaghfiru rabbakum thumma tubu ilayh yumatti'kum mata'an hasanan ila ajalim musamma. Not that if a person keeps doing istighfar, he will live eternally in this dunya. No, everyone has to go at some point or another. But at least the benefit is he will live a good, happy, peaceful life, content life. Doesn't mean he'll have all the money that he wants. He'll have all the luxury in his life. He'll have no problems, no. What it means is he'll be a happy person. And what makes a person happy is not the things that surround him. It's what? It's his disposition. It's the peace at heart. It's the happy being inside the body. وَيُؤْتِ And He will give. Meaning if you turn back to your Lord, you change your ways, you leave shirk, worship Allah alone, leave your desires and prefer the command of Allah, what will happen? وَيُؤْتِ And He will give. كُلَّ Every the fadlin, The possessor of fadl. Allah will give 
The one of fadl, meaning the doer of fadl. The fadl means one of fadl, meaning the doer of fadl. What is fadl? Extra, surplus. So what it means over here is, the fadl means the one who does extra. The one who goes that extra mile. The one who does that extra good. He's not really required, but he does it anyway. Because you know what? Good deeds, doing good, is like an addiction. In the sense that when you enjoy doing something good, you want to do more and more and more. Because It's like when you have a sip, you know, like for example, your friend gets a coffee, or your sister gets a coffee. And they're like, you want to sip? Some people are like, no, no, I don't share anything with anybody. But if you're cool with somebody, and you're like, okay, never mind, so you take a sip. And then what happens? If you really enjoy it, you'll be like, can I have another one? And another one? And another one? What happens? You're like, you know what? Have the whole thing. Have the whole thing. Why? Because when you taste something once and you enjoy it, what do you want? More. Now when you demand more from people, they get sick of you. Like for example, your sister will be so fed up with you, she's like, you know what? Go get your own drink. Or you know what? Just take this whole thing. I'll get another one. You're like, no, 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 it's okay. Like, no, no, take it. I'll get another one. I don't want to share with you. You're just finishing my whole thing. People don't like it. But the one who does good and extra good and extra good, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what will He give him? Fadlahu. His fadl. Meaning He will give him extra reward. The one who does more good, Allah will give him more good. The one who brings more hasanat, Allah will reward him with more reward. So then what's the limit? As much as you set for yourself. The higher you want to go, you can go. The more reward you want, you can get it. There's no limit to that. The limit is what? What you put, what you set for yourself. وَيُؤْتِ كُلَّ ذِي فَضْلٍ فَضْلَهُ So you understand what the fadl means? The doer of good. The doer of extra good. What will he get? Fadlahu. His extra reward. The one who will do extra, he will get the bonus. So, وَيُؤْتِ كُلَّ ذِي فَضْلٍ فَضْلَهُ وَإِن تَوَلَّوْ But if you turn away, you don't listen to what the Qur'an is saying, you don't listen to what the message that the Prophet is conveying, if you turn away, فَإِنِّي Then the Messenger is told to say that indeed I, أَخَافُ I fear عَلَيْكُمْ on you عَذَابَ The punishment of يَوْمٍ كَبِيرٍ Of a great day. I fear for you a punishment of a great day. You know it's like if somebody's offering you something, like you go to the grocery store and you know some annoying people, they keep coming to you. Like a box of cookies for you if you sign up for this today. You're like, thank you, thank you. I don't want it, I don't want it. You refuse one person, another person comes after you. Every time somebody or the other keeps coming after you. If you don't take their offer, what's going to happen? You won't be able to buy your groceries? What are the consequences? Zero. Zero consequences. In fact, you're better off. Because you have one less credit card. However, if a person turns away from the offer of the messenger, from the invitation of the messenger, from the invitation of the Qur'an, فَإِنِّي أَخَافُ عَلَيْكُمْ عَذَابَ يَوْمٍ كَبِيرٍ The one who turns away from the messenger, from the Qur'an, he's throwing himself in what? In عَذَاب. 
إِلَاللَّهِ to Allah مَرْجِعُكُمْ your return everyone is going back to Allah وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ and he is capable over everything you have to go back to Allah what will you do if you don't go to him nicely you will be brought there is no escape here so when you have to go you can't avoid it might as well go in a good way prepared Nowadays, sometimes you hear people saying, oh, you know, if only my manager would give me a promotion, I could get better, I could get higher. If only I had a job that would allow me to, you know, earn how much ever I put in the effort. So this is like a lifetime opportunity saying, you get what you put in. You know, this is what people ask for. You know, why don't you reward me for what I've done? So this is the opportunity, do what you can. And, you know, honestly, you'll just get better for yourself in this world and the next. Because in this world, the sad reality is that whatever you get is never worth the effort you put in. Never. I mean, people go to school five years, they die to get an undergrad degree. What job can they get? What job can you get just with an undergrad? Hardly anything. You have to die for another two years or so, for another year, study, study like crazy, put everything on hold, marriage on hold, children on hold, buying a house on hold, everything on hold just to get that other certification, another degree. And then finally you get a job that pays you like $35,000 a year. I mean, you spend more money for your education. This is the sad reality of this world. No matter what you do, you never reap the reward that you deserve. Never. The rewards of this world are never equal to the effort that you can put in. But what do we learn from here? You strive for the akhirah, Allah will give you fadl too. هَلْ جَزَاءُ الْإِحْسَانِ إِلَّا الْإِحْسَانِ No, it's only ihsan. But only Allah is just to give you that ihsan that you deserve for your efforts. أَلَا Unquestionably, إِنَّهُمْ Indeed they يَثْنُونَ صُدُورَهُمْ They fold in their chests. Meaning, when the messenger speaks to them, when he conveys to them, when he tells them about the word of God, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told them, what is their reaction? إِنَّهُمْ يَثْنُونَ صُدُورَهُمْ يَثْنُونَ is from ثَنُونَ وَاو ثَنَا يَثْنُ is to fold something, to bend. So for example, you bend forwards, like you put your head in your knees. What are you doing? Folding, you're bending your chest forward. Or for example, you turn away from somebody. You fold in your shoulders. You bring them in together. So what happens? You are, in a way, turning away from someone. So what do they do? يَثْنُونَ صُدُورَهُمْ They fold their chests. Why? لِيَسْتَخْفُوا مِنْهُ In order to hide from him. يَسْتَخْفُوا From the root letters, خَافَيَا And you see, يَسْتَخْفُوا سِينَ تَا There is مُبَالَغَ over here. To really hide from him. Somehow hide from him. It's like, you know, if somebody's coming, and you know they're going to start lecturing you, so you want to pretend as if you don't know they're here, and you just put your head in your knees and pretend like you're sleeping, or you didn't see them, or somebody's coming the opposite way, and you really don't want to see them right now, so what do you do? You just quickly, you know, turn your shoulder away, like you fold your chest and you walk away as if you didn't even notice them. يَسْتَخْفُوا مِنْهُ They want to hide from the Prophet. They don't want to see him. You see, when the Prophet ﷺ, he would go to the Arabs and invite them to Allah, he would recite the Qur'an to them. Some people would listen, but others, they would just ignore him. They would pretend as if he was not even there. And for that, if they were sitting in a gathering, they would just put their head between their knees. 
you know like go away i don't want to hear you i don't want to see you you don't exist for me we don't want to hear you and they would even cover themselves up with their shawls it's like you know their shawls they would just put it over their heads they're like you know what go away i don't want you here imagine what the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam must be going through has it ever happened that you try to talk to somebody and they just ignore you You're trying to greet somebody and they just look away as if you're not even there. What do you feel like? Like a nothing. What do you say to yourself? Fine. You treat me that way? I don't care for you either. Could the Prophet ﷺ do that? Did he have that choice? Not at all. أَلَا إِنَّهُمْ يَثْنُونَ صُدُورَهُمْ لِيَسْتَخْفُوا مِنْهِ To hide from him so that they wouldn't have to listen to him. The same reaction Nuh alayhi salam faced also. In Surah Nuh, ayah 7, we learn, Nuh alayhi salam said, وَإِنِّي كُلَّمَا دَعَوْتُهُمْ لِتَغْفِرَ لَهُمْ جَعَلُوا أَصَابِعُهُمْ فِي أَذَانِهِمْ وَاسْتَغْشَوْ ثِيَابَهُمْ وَأَصَرُوا وَاسْتَكْبَرُوا اسْتِكْبَارًا He said, indeed, every time I invited them that you, O Allah, may forgive them, the people would put their fingers in their ears and they would cover themselves up with their garments and they were arrogant with great pride. They were very arrogant. They wouldn't even want to listen to me. يَثْنُونَ صُدُورَهُمْ لِيَسْتَغْفُوا مِنْ Allah says, أَلَا Unquestionably, حِينَ At the time when يَسْتَغْشُونَ ثِيَابَهُمْ يَسْتَغْشُونَ From غَشِيَ What does غَشِيَ mean? To cover. Again, سِينَ أَنْتَ يَسْتَغْشُونَ There is مُبَالَغَ here. They really try to cover themselves. With what? ثِيَابَهُمْ With their clothes. They're hiding. They're covering themselves. Allah says, يَعْلَمُ He knows. What does he know? مَا يُسِرُونَ That which they conceal, that which they keep as a secret. Where do they keep as a secret? In their hearts. وَمَا يُعْلِنُونَ And that which they reveal, that which they express. How? With their mouths. Because when they would ignore him in their hearts, they would be cursing him. In their hearts, it would be like, go away, go away. They would mutter something. Like any typical person. You don't want to hear somebody, you don't want to see them, you don't want to talk to them, you don't want to know them, but they keep coming to you, so what do you do? You just ignore them, you're like, go away, go away, don't continue. Sometimes you say it out loud, and sometimes you just yell at them in your head. Why? Because there is hatred in the heart. There is envy in the heart. There's some problem in the heart. What does Allah say? He knows what they hide and what they say. Because, إِنَّهُ عَلِيمٌ بِذَاتِ الصُّدُورِ Indeed, he is knowing of that which is in the chests. There is nothing hidden from Allah. If you express something with your limbs by doing something, with your words by saying something, or you hide it in your heart, or you're just about to think in that way, any level, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows you inside out. إِنَّهُ عَلِيمٌ بِذَاتِ الصُّدُورِ What do we learn here? The messenger, when he conveys to the people, A caller to Allah, when he's inviting people to Allah, he will always come across people who don't want to listen to him, who deliberately avoid him. Deliberately avoid him. Like for example, sometimes it happens that a person may be sitting in a class, in a khutbah, and they're deliberately you know, hiding behind someone, hiding behind a pillar or a desk, or sitting really low so that nobody can spot them. And they're... Saying something in their heart, I don't want to be here, it's so boring, when is it going to end? Why won't you just be quiet? You know like, in their heart they're going on and on. Or they might whisper something to somebody. Who's fully aware of it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The person next to us might not have any idea of what we're thinking. 
Allah knows. So at the end of the day, really, we are answerable to who? To the person who's conveying to us? Who are we answerable to? Allah. Because it's His message that is being delivered, right? It's His message that is being delivered. Forget the person. Eliminate him from the picture completely if you wish so. But remember, the message is from Him. The word is His. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He does not like if His words are ignored. If His message is mistreated. He does not like it. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alif Lam Ra Kitabun Uhkimat Ayatuhu Thumma Fussilat Min Ladun Hakimin Khabir Alla Ta'budu إِلَّا اللَّهِ إِنَّنِي لَكُمْ مِنْهُ نَذِيرٌ وَبَشِيرٌ وَأَنِ اسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ ثُمَّ تُوبُوا إِلَيْهِ يُمَتِّعْكُمْ مَتَاعًا حَسَنًا إِلَى أَجَلٍ أَلَا إِنَّهُمْ يَثْنُونَ صُدُورَهُمْ لِيَسْتَخْفُوا مِنْهِ أَلَا حِينَ يَسْتَغْشُونَ ثِيَابَهُمْ يَعْلَمُ مَا يُسِرُّونَ وَمَا يُعْلِنُونَ إِنَّهُ عَلِيمٌ بِذَاتِ الصُّدُورِ